Peace of Christ be with you. As we settle into this place, give yourself and give your neighbor the gift of taking about three deep breaths that you can fully arrive here and that you can open yourself up to experience the living spirit in, with, and among us. Let us worship as one beloved community. Standing or sitting, let us join in the call to worship. Be praised, my Lord, through all your creatures, especially through my Lord, brother, son. He is beautiful and radiant in all his splendor. Be praised, my Lord, be praised, my Lord, through brothers' wind and air, and clouds and storms, and all the weather through which you give your creatures sustenance. We praise, my Lord, for our sister, Mother Earth, who feeds us, rules us, loses the with other clouds. Praise and bless, my Lord, and give thanks, and serve them with great humility.
You may be seated. Welcome. Welcome to Worship at Westminster. If you're visiting, a special welcome to you. If it's been a while since you've been able to be with us in worship, a special welcome to you. It is a joy to be together this morning. I do want to invite you after worship into our Finley Hall. That's just right out these doors. And to the left, we have coffee, tea, some donut holes, and especially a chance for conversation. Get to know each other just a little bit better. If you're sitting here in the middle aisle during the offering, if you'd take that pew register and uh, put your name in it, pass it down the aisle. And then when it comes back, take a look at the names of the people sitting near you and greet one another after worship, especially if you haven't met one another yet. Um, and if you're visiting, if you want to include some contact information, we'd be happy to reach out to you and let you know more about our church community. Let's join together now in our community prayer. Let us pray. God, you spin the whirling planets. God of great and small, many and great for your works. You are the author of all things bright and beautiful. You are the God who stretched the spangled heavens. You are the God of the sparrow and the God of the whale. You are the God of the earth and all stars. If we had a thousand voices, it would not be enough to sing your praises. And forgive us if we have let our senses grow dull, if we have lost our sense of you. Restore in us wonder. Restore in us a sense of our place. Restore in us a sense of joy and irresistible desire to share it with others. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Friends, know that God is always cultivating in us a sense of wonder and awe. God is always opening us to new possibilities. For in Christ, we are made new. We are forgiven. We are set free. Thanks be to God. Amen. So now as we continue in our time of prayer, uh, we share our joys and our concerns with each other, share the ways in which we can be in prayer for one another and for the world. Um, I'll go ahead and start us off. If you were here last week, uh, my spouse Cammie was praying for her dad, who was very ill, and he in fact did die on Friday morning. 
So I would cherish your prayers for Cammie and all of her family as they grieve his passing. And thank you. Many of you have already reached out with love and support, and we really appreciate that. So thank you. Are there others? How else can we be in prayer this week? Yes, sir. That's great. Always, always nice to have grandparent time. Absolutely. Others? This is weird. Usually you have so many. Yes, Holly. Yes, I discovered that Amen. It's always fun when people you know from other communities uh, meet up in this community, and it's good to have you all with us. Others? Yeah, Carol. Amen. Yeah, Carol is uh, lifting up prayers for peace in the Middle East as well as peace in Ukraine. Forrest. Ask for your continued prayers of Pat Arcy, who's still recovering. She's home now, and uh, God bless all of you chefs who are meals with them. Uh, feel free to reach out to her and send her your love and your prayers and comfort. We continue to hold Pat Arcee in our prayers, who had a mountain biking accident on Christmas Day, broke multiple bones, um, but is now home, healing well. Forrest was also giving thanks. Many of you have reached out to the Arcee family. Some of you have even provided meals for them. So continued healing prayers for Pat. Let's take just a few moments in quiet. I'm sure there are more joys and concerns that are in the silence of your own heart. So we'll have a few moments of silent prayer, and then we'll... Share the Lord's Prayer together. So let us be in prayer. Creator God, you are a God of new beginnings and new creations. In the beginning, you created the heavens and the earth, new life, and you blessed it and called it good. We give thanks for a new year and for new beginnings. We give thanks that you call us good. And hear us now as together we share the prayer that your son taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As it is given us this day every day, as we forgive our debtors, as we have to take to Asia, for us, for thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Amen. I'd like to invite any of the children who are worshiping with us to come join me here at the front. Good to see all of you today. Welcome. I am curious um, if any of you have ever gotten lost. Like you were on your way to somewhere. Rob raised his hand right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On your way to somewhere. Oh, oh my gosh. Got lost at a mall. Oh, man. That's a bummer. I think I've told this story in here before when my son was about your age. He got lost at Legoland once. Oh, it's, I hate getting lost. I hate it so much that I have not one but two apps on my phone with maps on them. And I often use them both when I'm going somewhere just to make sure that I know where I'm going. And I was thinking about that um, because yesterday was a day we call Epiphany when we celebrate the Magi, or we often call them the wise men. And I was thinking, when they made their journey to go visit Jesus, they had to travel a long way, these wise people. And do you know what they used for a map? A star! Like, come on! How is a star going to tell you where to go? Like, just like, you seem pretty confident. Me? I would have been extraordinarily nervous to be making this long journey with only a star star to guide me. A star, like, where's the map? Come on now. But, but they made it. And not only that, when they left, they were guided to go a different way. So they didn't have to deal with King Herod, who was not a nice guy. So I wonder if perhaps God was with them, right? God was watching over them, making sure that the star led them where they needed to go, making sure that they were safe as they left Jesus and didn't go back into harm's way. And so I think I'm going to remember that when I get lost, because I sometimes tend to get really anxious or nervous, but I don't have to. Sometimes when, I lost, I feel, when I'm lost, I feel like maybe I'm just all alone and by myself, and I've got to figure this all out all by myself. But I don't have to, right? Because truly, we're never alone. We're never all by ourselves. God is always with us, helping to provide guidance and maybe some peace and calm when I'm feeling anxious. And it's always just good for me to remind myself of that, right? I don't have to be so anxious and worried. I can remember that God is with me, loving me, guiding me always, just like that star did for those wise people. So some of you are going to hear a little bit more about that story. Some of you are going to hear a story about when Jesus was a little older, about 12-ish. He kind of got lost, but maybe not really. I'll let you hear more about that, all right? So I see your teachers are back there ready for you, all right? Go now in peace. Go now in peace. Make you everywhere, everywhere you go. So our first scripture reading this morning is from the book of Genesis, right at the beginning, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. 
God called the light day, and the darkness God called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from Psalm 148, verses 1 through 4. 1 through 14. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to the church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise the Lord in the heights. Praise the Lord, all God's angels. Praise the Lord, all God's host. Praise God, sun and moon. Praise God, all you shining stars. Praise God, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for God commanded, and they were created. God established them forever and ever. God fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young women, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for God's name alone is exalted. God's glory is above earth and heaven. God has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all God's faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. And finally, our reading and our listening for the Spirit continues with a reading from Mark's Gospel, the first chapter, verses 4 to 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus of Nazareth of Galilee I'm sorry, in those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. This three is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. If you're wondering, these decorations have been left up not because we are 
neglectful of our duty, late to clean up our own house. In the church, Christmas, like Easter, is not a single day. It's a season. It is true that season ended yesterday, but we left these up intentionally today so that we could close that season together. The little ritual we'll do at the end of the sermon time. Now, I know we're not quite as mighty as the gathering that was here on Christmas Eve, but it will still be meaningful. While we're on that topic, do you ever wonder why that is? Why the gathering dwindles when it's not a holiday and maybe overall it's dwindling altogether? All kinds of explanations float around. It's probably complicated. Maybe it's just we live in an anti-institutional era. Maybe it's people are tired of the stuffy dogma and doctrines of the church telling you what to think and believe. I actually think it's far more fundamental than that. I think the story that we tell, or perhaps the way we tell it, doesn't resonate with people. I found in my notes a while back this line. If I ever leave the church, it will not be because the story's too big, too fantastical to believe. It will be because the story is too small. Let me show you. It's easier to show you than tell you. A couple of years ago, uh, in the summer, my family went on a paleontological dig. My son was in his uh, dinosaur-loving uh, era. And I picked up this card at the museum shop where we did the dig. This is an illustrated geological time in history of life uh, resource here. And you can see all the drawings and the color coded here. These are different eras in geological time in the history of life on Earth. So if you look, for example, you've got the Cambrian period down here, the Ordovician period. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I love saying that. It's delicious. Ordovician. Then the Silurian period. It goes on and on. This is, this is before the dinosaurs, by the way. This is like uh, 492 to 542 million years ago. Now there's 446 million years ago, right? All these, the dinosaurs don't come until up here. In fact, you want a fun dinosaur fact? I may have shared this before. So Stegosaurus is one of the uh, earlier dinosaurs, lived in the first of the three dinosaur periods. The time between when Stegosaurus lived and Tyrannosaurus rex, one of the later dinosaurs, the time between their uh, occupations of the earth is greater than the time between T-Rex and us. That's how long they ran the show here. You can trace these epics all the way up from half a billion years ago to here's Homo sapiens right here. And we're right there. And then the Bible's right there. Jesus right there. And then we're right there. This is just life on earth. Jesus, whose ministry was anywhere from about 12 to 20 to 36 months long, 550 million years. It's a big story. In this scientific era of ours, uh, we know what a grand story it is. And yet somehow along the way, I think we've gotten it backwards. 
as if the only place to find God or to encounter God in the world or the spirit is in this. But no matter how big you make this book, it doesn't make it any bigger. Thomas Berry, who is a Catholic priest and interreligious scholar and a, a sort of a, a novice cosmologist, put a lot of his life's work into helping tell what he calls the great story, trying to anchor us in this longer, fuller cosmic story. And what Thomas Berry says is the universe is the primary revelation of God. The universe gave birth to the Bible and its people, not the other way around. And we have to reorient, we don't have to, but we feel more grounded when we reorient ourselves in that larger cosmic story. And we've sort of gotten into a way of being, we try not to do it here, but where we've acted as if sort of religion has contained God and that's, and we can give it to you if you pay and attend and do what we ask you to do. When it was, in, it's best when it's the opposite, what religion does when it's practiced well, what faith does when it's practiced well in community is it gives us a set of tools, a, a set of language, a set of shared practices that helps us give collective expression to the divine encounters we have out there in creation. A way to give that shape and form and direction so we know what to do with our experience of the world. It helps facilitate that. It doesn't contain that. Do you sense the difference? There's a tangible difference there. And the scriptures actually understand their place in all of this perhaps better than many Christians have. Because what do the scriptures do immediately is point outside themselves to that greater story. How does the Bible begin? You heard it moments ago. In the beginning, before the pages were written, the earth was a formless void. And then what a wind, a breath, a spirit swept over these formless waters and brought them into shape. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. That's how it begins. That's what Genesis means. And then you heard Stephen read from the 148th Psalm. And what is that? But it's a song of praise, but a celestial one, an expansive one. One full of characters that predates us. Heavens, sun, moon, shining stars, sea monsters, ocean depths, snow and frost, wind again, always watch for the wind. Mountains and hills, fruit trees and cedars, wild animals, domesticated animals, creeping, flying things. And then, only then, us. And when it mentions people, it's all peoples. It's universal and it's universal. St. Francis got this when he wrote that beautiful poem that we prayed together earlier, Brother Sun, Sister Moon, Brother Wind, Sister Mother Earth. And Jesus is understood. Jesus fits within that cosmic story. When 
we have two sacraments in this tradition, and each of them points to that greater story that grounds and can guide you. Oh, speaking of guiding you, think of what Bethany said with the children. How did the Magi find Jesus? What did they follow? Stars. Cosmic story. Two sacraments of this tradition, baptism, communion. In baptism, notice how connected Jesus is to this larger story. He's immersed in what? Waters. The formless void. He's immersed in that. What happens when he is? The heavens tear open. What descends? A spirit, wind, breath of God on him. He comes out of those waters and he is what? He's the new Genesis. He's the new creation, and he's completely unified with it. Communion, which we celebrate today, this cosmic table. What does Jesus do at the table? He identifies himself, this could, the words could not be better chosen, with the elements. I am the bread. This is my body. All of it is my body. This is my blood. My blood is in this cup. And it is the new promise. He immerses himself. He un Maybe we should take it more literally than we often do in this tradition. That is literally him. And so that created order, which inspires poets and intrigues scientists and moves sunset gazers and hikers and sailors, that is where you will find God. That's where you will find Christ. That is the primary revelation. That's the greater story. I don't have to tell you that, though, because you already know it. Though you've been told time and again you don't really know it, and you have to get us to tell it to you, but you know it. You just have to get back in touch with it. Unless you think, well, this is a lot of spiritual uh, stargazing. It sounds like a privileged pleasure cruise while the world is falling apart. You're going to go out and be in awe all the time. Careful. Because this is not just that, although there's nothing wrong with pleasure. We've gotten that wrong too. This is actually deeply foundational and it's forming. It's character formation. It's moral formation. Why? Because when you recognize your connection to that universal story, you recognize your fundamental kinship with all of those around you who are born of those same stars and are connected to that same timeline. You see, what you're connected to, you start to care about. And what you care about, you start to love. And what you love, you start to protect and attend. And when you experience your presence and your place in that universal story, you can't but learn to protect and attend all that's around you. And it can only ever be all. If you realize the big story, it's only ever all. And any violence or the violence that leads to violence is just a forgetting of that greater story. It's just forgetting. So as a 
we start this new year and the secular world wants to point you toward resolutions that are usually grounded in fad diets or shallow self-help. I was a little cynical, sorry. They're trying. We're all trying. I encourage you instead to not feel like you have to take on all that. You don't even have to try to take in all the great spiritual and moral wisdom in one week. Simply start with awe. That's your primary encounter with the great story is awe. You know it when you've experienced it before. Maybe you've swept it away thinking it didn't matter, but it got your attention somehow. And that's your grounding in that story. And if it's helpful, know that in the Bible, whenever people encounter God, that's always the response. Whenever they encounter God in Christ, that's always the response. Some flavor, form, or color of awe, almost terrifying awe. That's how they know the divine is present. Start there and like those children and like those magi, trust that it will lead you somewhere, that what needs to come will follow. Just start with awe this year. That's your assignment. Well, how do I follow up on this assignment? I'm someone who needs a GPS or uh, a calendar or a, a schedule. Um, we can get, pra even I can be practical. So I found a great list. I was um, reading around on this. and There's a nice little article in Psychology Today about this as you make your resolution to cultivate awe this year. So here's a list of seven things you can do. You can take them or leave them or make your own list, but maybe they'll help get the wheels churning. First, take awe excursions in nature. Now, it doesn't mean you have to go climb Mount Everest. It doesn't mean you need to be a super athlete, though you might be one. Just however you can get there, however far you need to go or close you can stay. Take awe excursions. Connect with something that's vast, that expands your frame of reference. Sea, mountain, landscape, desert. Second, go to repositories of awe. I love about thinking of places in the world as repositories of awe. Conservatories, museums, concert halls, gardens, anywhere you go where people are cultivating sense of awe, go there. Spend slow time there. What a great phrase. Where do you spend your slow time? Three, record awe experiences. Photograph them, paint them, journal about them, collage, whatever it is that helps you integrate them by interacting with them. Four, meditate on the awe-inspiring. I would call that prayer, but it's psychology today. I mean, you know. But you know what psychology today recommends you do? Use the Bible to do that. They're back. So do that if it works for you. And if it doesn't, do something else. Five, connect with the awe-inspiring stories of others. Where they've encountered awe in the church, we call that. Testimony. Six, use media to experience awe. For all the bad things we like to say about media and all of its shortcomings, it can put you in touch with things you could never be in touch with. So use it for that, not all the other stuff. 
be mindful and intentional and creative with what you listen to, with what you watch, with what you immerse yourself in. Take advantage of it. And seven, be mindful and attentive to the awe you experience. The 8.30 service at this moment, a cat walked through the garden. And so we stopped and watched it. So often, awe jumps into our lives and we just keep going because we have to be efficient and run a report when God is just knocking all the time, usually in the form of a cat, but that's my bias. So now, just like our children do in our sacred stories curriculum, we're going to do a little ritual to help us frame this time of year and remind us of what is most true of that great story. And that is, we're not going to put these candles out, these Advent candles, hope, peace, joy, love, Christ. We're merely going to change the light. Because when we change the light, we realize it doesn't go away at the end of Christmas. It just frees it up to go out there. When we change the light, we don't extinguish it. We widen our focus. When we change the light, we don't make the mistake of thinking somebody or some church or some guy in a funny outfit owns it or has the key to it. We see how free it is and how out of control it is. When we change the light, we liberate it. And in doing so, we liberate ourselves. Even when we change the light of Christ, we don't put it out. Because this light shines in the darkness and the darkness doesn't overcome it. When we change the light, we allow ourselves to recognize it not just in here, but out there. And therefore, we're changed by it. And we're moved to encounter others as if they're part of it, because they are. Amen.
These gifts are also part of cosmic story. Please help transform them into actions and fulfill You may be seated. As we prepare to come to the Lord's table, we're reminded that all are welcome. All are invited to share in this meal together. When the time comes, the ushers will invite you forward by the center aisle. Take a piece of bread from the plate, or in the very center will be gluten-free crackers, if that is important for you. Then dip it lightly in the cup, and that way you can partake of both of the elements together. And then you can return to your pews by the side aisle. Rob and I will be up here at the front. If you should desire a time of additional prayer, we will be here for that. We always like to sing when we partake in communion, so you'll notice a couple of hymns listed in your bulletin, and you're welcome to join in with the hymns. Now, Jesus invites us to come to the table in peace, so I invite you to stand as you are comfortable and share the peace of Christ with one another. The peace of Christ be with you all. And also with you. You may be seated. Friends, this table is where we born of stars come and meet the sun. We find him in the elements and maybe more importantly in the gathering itself. So come, this table is for you wherever you're coming from. We remember that this is the joyful feast of the people of God. Come from the north and the south, come from the east and the west, come sit at the table in the kingdom of God. Will you join with me? God be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to God. Let us pray. Radiant God, in that first moment you spoke, and the light of creation dispelled the thick darkness of chaos. You whispered, and your glory filled the skies. You sang, and the dust of the earth was shaped into your image as you breathed life into us. You have continued to care for us, speaking of your hopes through the prophets, sharing your dreams through the angels. Then one day you decided to do a new thing, sending your son Jesus to be with us. Through his spirit, the world is renewed as the prophets foretold. Your place, your church becomes a place from which your justice and mercy flow. And we are made new in love. Therefore, with all the saints in every time and place, we join our voices in praise to you. Uh, 
Friends, the night of his arrest, when his followers forgot who he was and who they were together, Jesus took bread. Having given thanks, he blessed it and broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant, which is sealed in my blood. It is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it, he said, remembering me. This is the feast of God for the people of God. Come, for all things are now ready. Let us break bread together. Just drink wine together. Just drink together. And I
At this table I receive Bread, the wine of life. And let me share the peace with you, my Set our spirits If at this table I have need of healing, bid the brief relationship go. Then let me know the hands of God. And let lament become millions. If at this table I forget the hungry, the dispossessed and warfare's burdens, then let this bread become the bread of judgment. Find the shape awareness of pain. If at this table I make dedication to give my life in serving. Then let my center be where God is me. Show the words of Jesus understood. If faith I have, I bring to join this table. But hope I hold in Christ is true. With brothers, sisters, I will share the best of God is making all things. Let us pray. Oh God, we proclaim that we have met you in the Christ at this table. May we be bold and humble enough to meet you out in the world and to respond in kind. We pray these in the name of the one who was one with you and who is one with us and all things, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. I do invite you to take a look at the back of your bulletin for some upcoming events and classes. Uh, one that did not make it into the bulletin is that Rob has been leading a, a group for parents of young children the first Sunday of every month. 
this is the first Sunday of the month. So if you happen to be a parent of a young child and are interested in joining in that group, they're going to be meeting in the library upstairs starting at about 1130, and you're certainly welcome to join in that group. Now as uh, you are comfortable standing or sitting, let's sing together number 14. That gift freely given. In response to that, let us all go out and give freely. And as we go from this place, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, who is Father and Mother of us all, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us this day and be with us every day. Amen.
Thank <laughs> you.